Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back, St. Louis and everyone around the world. I know the world is watching. I see you, Moscow, Russia. (laughs) They're like our number one listeners right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Welcome back to Audio Inc. Um, Your source for everything local. Local music, news, entertainment, restaurants, tattoo artists. You know, all the good stuff. Maybe some, you know... uh, Cam girls every now and then. We get a little spicy. It's fine. Let me know when that show is. It's fine. I'm Care the Lesbian. Today's guest is uh, Chris Frank, also known as Hoss. Yes. He was here last week also. So nice. He came back twice. Just been hanging around the building for the last (laughs) days. I got nowhere else to go. I mean, it's big enough. Yeah. For sure. First time when I came here last week, I pulled up and just thought, "Eh, this is clearly the wrong place. Mm. It looked very like, I expected to knock on the door and people in black suits to come out and ask me for some sort <laughs> yeah, of we got a whole card. We got a whole gate out there that opens yeah. for you. And I mean, there's like nice leather couches yeah. in the fucking lobby and shit. Wild. This is fancy. So we are coming off the heels of Thanksgiving. And oh, thank- yeah. happy uh, Thanksgiving to everyone that listens, that celebrates Thanksgiving. Um, I am coming off the heels of the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life. Was it a party hangover or was it a, I oh, yeah. with my family hangover? No, so uh, not really. So I actually had to work yesterday at Hot Shots. And, Hot Shots um, was open yesterday? We're open every day of the year. Every single Bruh. day of the year. Um, but yeah, we opened at five o'clock. But uh, okay. I mean, the girls have to sign up for at least two holidays to work just so it's fair. Um, so I always sign up for Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day because my family, my side of the family doesn't celebrate. But Jules's side, we had hers super early because half of them were going to be in Thailand for Thanksgiving. So, Whoa. yeah, well, um, our uncle's wife is married to a woman from Thailand. So oh, okay. they all went there for the holidays, which I don't blame them. If I could get the fuck out of town for the yeah, holidays, man. I would too. Absolutely. Jesus. So no, I signed up and I made a whole spread. I, uh, Jules helped me a lot. We made um, turkey that I get from Popeye's every year. I've never done the Popeye's oh, turkey, but my everyone God. loves it. It is fucking worth it. Yeah? I mean, you do it. I mean, you buy it and it's already, it's huge, you right. know? And uh, it's already f- cooked. It's pre-seasoned. All you got to do is thaw it out and stick it in the oven for an hour and a half. Oh, really? Nice. Oh, it's so good. It is like, I hate this word, but it is the most... mm, Yeah, you're going to use the M word. You can. Moist? Yeah. Yeah. It's that... Yeah. It's that... It's so fucking good. I feel like if you squeezed it, like as a whole turkey, it would just... Yeah. Waterfalls would come out of it. Yeah. Like the girls that used to come into Tom and Jeff show, you know? Yes. You didn't even have to squeeze them most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) How was your Thanksgiving? You do anything fun? It was low-key. I stuck around mom. This was the first year without dad. Oh, that's right. So I just wanted to stick close to her and make sure everything was cool. Yeah. With it being the two of us, it was honestly just another Thursday with slightly fancier food. Yeah. We we made uh, a small turkey. So it was just you and her? Yeah, just me and her. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then she was asleep on the couch by like four mm. and watched football. Jealous. Yeah. I was, Ugh. oh my God, excuse me. Jesus. <laughs> nice. That was a good one though. <laughs> I'm drinking this sparkling water stuff. So it's carbonated, I guess. It's a little, <laughs> whatever. All right. But yeah, I, uh, I swear on Wednesday, um, I worked all day and then um, I texted Jules and I was like, well, you know, a lot of the regulars are here and they're going out for Thanksgiving, whatever. So Right on. Um, we stayed up at work and I had a lot, a lot to drink. Right on. It was a lot. <laughs> uh, and then 3.30 in the morning rolled around and I was like, oh shit, I have to work tomorrow. And I also have to get up and make an entire fucking Thanksgiving for work. <laughs> so I guess it's safe to say that you do celebrate Thanksgiving. Usually I don't. No? Like I, I Okay, so Wednesday I went to work in my entire uniform, like the referee shirt, the little shorts, and all I had was... Um, sweatpants over it. Right. And um, so my boss sent me to Aldi earlier that morning. I bought a couple onesies from there. So when we decided to stay, I was like, well, fuck this. I'm not wearing my uniform all night. So yeah. I just sat and drank in my onesie all night long at As Hot Shots. As you should. Just what the fuck, man. And then um, so I wake up on Thursday and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I start throwing up mm. around like 
oh, I don't know, two, three o'clock, hop in the shower, bleh, throw up in the shower, whatever, get behind the bar. And it was like, as soon as I clocked in, I was in the bathroom every like three minutes. Oh. I was trying to take like sips of water. Like my eyes were like bloodshot out of my head. My customers were all like, are you okay? No, I was no, like, no. I mean, I look cute, but I am not okay. That, that oh. should have been the real title of the Britney Spears book, by the way. Dude. I look cute, but I am it not okay. It was so bad. So one of the girls finally like took over for me that was working on the floor, and I left. I left that bitch at like 8.30. Good for you. I went home. I went to bed. I was like, damn. I felt so bad, too, because I made like this whole post on Facebook saying I was going to bring food, and let's, let's party. Nope. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh. Jules was with me yesterday too, up at work, and I made her a shot, and she was like, "Just take a sip, you'll be fine." Hair the dog, so I did. And I, <clears throat> no, no. Jesus Christ! I haven't done Skanksgiving in a long time, aside from last year. Uh, there's a band that I manage uh, that is they're from St. Louis. Uh, and they were playing a show at Old Rock House. Mm-hmm. And all the girlfriends and wives of the band were like, oh, my God, it's Thanksgiving. You need to come. And I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> and they were all going to wear plaid schoolgirl skirts because, you know. And yeah. I was like, well, I'll, I'll drink with you, but I'm, I'm not doing that. And she was like, what about a kilt? And I was like, you find me a kilt. I was going to say, you're kind of like, you wear. Yeah, I you, don't care. I, I paint my toenails. Dr. Frankenfurter for. But that was for charity, and it was. Yeah, for, I mean, look, I'm. You I, loved I it care. though. I don't. I, it doesn't bother <laughs> me. Like, yeah, I, I got on stage in full on lingerie. You whatever. looked very sexy doing it. I will say it was the first time that I feel like I could see how much weight I lost. You looked great. Yeah, I'm down to depending on what it is now a one X or maybe a two, but. Yeah, I I tell you, nothing will motivate you to to drop those last few pounds and hearing. Okay, so we're going to need you to wear. Uh, women's underwear and a corset yes. and a garter belt on stage yes. in front of 500 people and going, oh, well, <laughs> I need to make sure this shit looks good. Oh, my God. But so yeah. sorry if I keep burping into the microphone. You're fine. Still uh, coming off that hangover. Yeah, I, you know what's So funny? I'm just like full of... <sighs> I got... <Whatever. laughs> I had so many people ask me, are you sure you want to do this? When it came to the Dr. Frankenfurter thing. And I was like, why Why, why not? Why not? Like, number one, I don't care. I'm secure enough in who I am that it doesn't bother it's me. It's a fun thing. It's just a fun I've thing. I've had my toenail, only can't because I have shoes on now, but like I've had my toenails painted. Yeah, for, they're like neon green with little um, spider webs like on black spider webs on the big toes. Now, are those your real toenails? Yeah, yeah. Or are they like, did you have her put to jail? No, those are legit. <laughs> those are legit. The crick or to jail? No. Mm. I'm actually supposed to go <laughs> and get them uh, redone. Either tomorrow or next Saturday. Is that a weekly thing that you do? It is. Or like monthly? Or? Every every other month or so thing. It is myself. It started with uh, my dear mother, who you know well. Uh, Fun fact. His mother was my sixth grade teacher. That's right. Uh, <laughs> she, about three years ago, asked if I would take her to get a pedicure because the arthritis in her knees are bad. And at first I was like, I don't know, mom. I, eh. And I got the only child guilt trip of, well, it's okay. We don't have to go. And I was like, fuck. You're an the only car. child, too? Oh. oh so same. I was like, all right, get in the car. And by the time we got done, I was like, mom, whenever you're ready, like, let's go. So I tried telling all of my guy friends, whenever your girls want to go next time, just go once. And it's go. not like when you get a pedicure, you have to get your toes no. painted. So here's the funny thing. About six months into going, my one friend's wife, who has gone with us pretty much every time, uh, told me to get my toes painted. I was like, I'm not going to pay the extra for that. And she was like, oh, baby, it's not extra. And I go, it's not? And the lady working on us was like, yeah, it's included. And I'm like, all right, fine. That'll be fun. So my friend's wife and I have had matching toenails for the last two and a half years. <laughs> whenever, whenever we get, I'm like, just pick whatever you want. I'll match. Yours get seen more than I. That said, I will say during the summer when it's like sandal and flip-flop weather, these toes get numbers from girls. Hey, I believe it. I, I can't get a pedicure. My feet are, I can't. It's, oh. it's too ticklish for me. So I mine can't was do too it. the first few times. You get used to it. Oh, Fight. Girl, I don't know. I'm telling you, fight through it. I can't. And the, the uh, I need them. I need it really bad. My heels My get feet rough. are fucking crusty. Yeah. See, that's me. <laughs> my, heel, my heels get nasty. Uh-huh. 
it's the best like $45 I spend on myself mm. every other month. I, girl, I'm telling you. Anyway, so there's like a group know. of like five of us that go now, me and me, my mom, my friend Christy, if I have a girlfriend, my girlfriend will go, and then usually one or two others, and we've dubbed it Girls Dad. Wait, are you single right now? Um, oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't know what I am right now. It's a it's a situationship is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'll put it this way. I am dating a few girls. Ooh. None of them is like a serious thing. Playa, playa. Yeah, see, here's, here's how it works with me. I'm either no one wants me or everyone wants me. Same. It, it, there's never like, oh, this girl would like to go out with me. Let's go on a f- couple dates. It's like this entire hallway of women want <laughs> or no one for miles. And this is, I'm, I'm in the high tide right now. Oh, man. Um, Good for you. But yeah, we call it girls day. We'll go out, we get brunch, we get our feet did. We'll go do some shopping and then whatever. I love that. And, and friend, what do they call that? That's like metrosexual or something, right? I guess right? so, but I. But it's not me. a bad thing. We I, love hygiene. I, Women I, love hygiene. Well, not me. I can't say that for myself because no, I, I am a girl, I'm with, dumpster I'm, fire I'm, I'm in the with same jeans boat. on. So I, I'm I'm in the same boat. But like I've had so many guys like, why don't you go and do that? And also like, you call it Girls Day. And I'm like, why? Who cares? Who cares? I'm cool enough with who I am that like, yeah, I go on Girls Day. And I got my toes painted. What of it? Yeah. Where's your line of cooch? Yeah. Not here. Right, well, ask me in six months and it won't be there. You know? No, I'm talking about the guys that give you shit. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. In, in five months, I'll be just like those guys going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go home to your mattress with no fucking sheets. Right. And your pillowcase with no, your pillow with no pillowcase. Just one dirty sock on the corner of the bed. No headboard. Get out of here. Get oh. out of town. I remember when I didn't have a headboard, and oh, then I finally you. became a big boy and bought a real mm-hmm. bed, and I was like, "Same." I feel so accomplished. It feels, it, it's so weird, like, having, like, actual matching furniture and bedroom furniture. Like, when Jules and I first moved in together, everything in that house was unmatching, and I was like, nope, yeah. get rid of all of it. We're getting rid of everything. You feel grown up, right? Like No curtains, no yeah. rugs, no, yep. oh, I was like, this is a fucking bachelor pad. I bought a get house. Get me out of here. I bought a house two years ago. And I had to buy furniture to fill it up because my old house was much smaller. So each room now has its own set of matching furniture, and I feel like very accomplished and grown up. But I also have the problem where things break around the house, and I'm just like, eh, okay. Oh, yeah. Like, I could be totally, I know I can't, I would be totally okay with going, oh, my fridge is leaking some kind of fluid on my floor. Well, I'll just clean that up and keep going. <laughs> just stick a towel down. I, I, and I know I can't. <laughs> But it's this weird, weird thing where, like, I love being a homeowner, but then things break and you're just like, oh, uh, do I have to fix that? Uh, Sadly, yes, you do. Post on Facebook. Does anyone that I know uh, want to come do this for free? Look, I have, <laughs> without, I'll take you to get a pedicure. <laughs> without, no, I would. Without naming names, I, I have a friend who is notorious for the, can someone bring me Arby's? Oh. Stop. Get your own. Yeah, it's actually DoorDash could do that. Yeah, they really yeah, could. They could. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, we all know the underside, the under, or the, uh, the. What a weird choice for you to say just now, Arby's. Or, or whoever. Very random. <laughs> but we all know that like the unsaid portion of that is, can someone buy me dinner and bring it to me? Uh-huh. No. No. Yep. I'm bartending all night. Oh, no. This is like. Bring me coffee. This is like, just bring it to my house. <laughs> I do that. Bring it to my time. house and then leave. I was like, listen, honey, your ass ain't good enough to make that request. Oh, yeah. I uh, I mean, it's nice. I've seen it. Speaking but. of that, it's funny because like when I first started bartending, God, 12 years, 12 years ago. I don't even want to say that out loud. Ew. I would do that kind <laughs> of shit where you'd post on Facebook. I'm here all night. Come bring me coffee and keep me company. And now, like, thinking of doing that shit, oh, just kind of makes me a little bit sick. I have to think as an attractive woman working in that field, that is just opening the door for every creeper in the world to bring you coffee and then just literally stick to you like glue for the rest of the Bring you coffee with a couple Roofies in it? Yeah. Here's your roofy colada. A few, a few crushed up Benadryls up in there. Right. Oh. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. She'll serve me my drinks. I'll give her her coffee at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll take you home. Don't worry. Um. Why doesn't this room have windows? <laughs> 
oh wow you're kind of kinky you have head- handcuffs on the bed <laughs> bars on the window bars on the doors what <laughs> yeah oh where am I, I i could not i couldn't go through life as an attractive girl i couldn't it, it, it just the amount of creepers that i've seen hit on girls and i know that that is a fraction man not even an attractive girl just a woman in general yeah. You know, like my wife, you know, she is obviously a lesbian. Right. She's got, you know, short hair. She's like the more masculine presenting type of female. Sure. And, you know, you still get men that approach her and are like, oh, my God, you're so fucking gorgeous. Well, because she is. Right. But like, you know, it just baffles me in my mind that these like bro type dudes are approaching my wife who dresses the same you know, has the same haircut, but better, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's so fucking wild to me. Yeah. So I just kind of think, are all straight dudes a little bit gay? Just kind of like all straight girls are kind of gay? You know what? If our best friend had a vagina, we'd be happy. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yep. Here's, here's the thing. Wait, I, I don't hold on. I'm not, I'm kind of computing the requirement that. requirement is you just need a vagina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the, oh, never mind. What? I was say something really, really, really bad. Why? Go ahead. We uh, love that. I, I love that anyway. I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that every guy is a little bit gay. No, I, I shouldn't have said that. That's not what I ultimately here's the thing. meant. I think that every guy has a little bit of a feminine side. Oh, absolutely. Just like, and that's fine. Just like every girl has a little bit of a masculine side. Absolutely. And there's, a, there's nothing wrong with that. I, that is what allows me to have fun going and getting my toes painted and doing things that aren't traditionally dude-esque. And that is totally fine. But like what I'm saying is it's so funny that, you know, all these like bro type dudes hit on my wife. Um, I can answer why. But why? It's it. You can blame it on porn. A hundred percent. Huh. Because okay. since, I mean, I... Like the lesbian thing. I came of age in the 90s, mm-hmm. and all the porn was like, here's two chicks doing their thing, mm-hmm. and then a guy comes in, and bam, they both turn their attention to him. Ah, Every it. single dude thinks that he's got what it takes to turn a lesbian. But here's another thing. Like, one of our really good friends is a gay man, mm-hmm. and he tells us all these stories about, you know all these straight dudes that he's been with and hit him up on the down low and like text him all day long. And he's, you know, been (laughs) doing whatever on the side. And I'm like, the T I just didn't realize how many straight dudes were kind of like undercover like that. I see you. I see you. Straight dudes. Straight dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Closeted dudes, I guess. Which is fine to be bisexual. Come out. I also think, <laughs> personally, and, and I have, this is just me talking, I think that a lot of reason guys are like that is because it has become fashionable for straight girls to make out with each other at bars. Ugh. To get drinks Ugh. or attention or whatever. I call those spaghetti girls, and I it pisses me off. I have a very good friend of mine <laughs> uh, in Chicago who's been in a committed homosexual relationship for close to 20 years Mm -hmm. and we were out at a show one night and there were two girls clearly making out just to get the attention of guys and drinks and obviously all the guys around were cheering and things like that and I just looked at him and I said it's got to be infuriating for you Mm. that this can happen at a bar and it gets cheered and applauded but if you who have been in a committed relationship with the same guy Walk down the street holding hands, you're going to get looked at like you have yeah. leprosy. Yeah. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders like, oh, it is what it is. <laughs> but, <I don't> <laughs> but I think because it's become so okay for girls to do that, there are probably guys now who are thinking, well, I, I don't watched, know, maybe I want to try. I have watched girls make out at the bar like with their boyfriends watching or whatever, and it's like, they're going at it so hard like they forgot how to make out with yeah, people. Yeah. And they're like going at it so hard that they like clink their teeth together and it's like I'm surprised Ugh. you came out with all your teeth mm. just then. I don't even know how the fuck we just got on this subject. Whatever. <laughs> but we are off the rails. I just want to talk a little bit about what you do. Sure. In St. Louis because you work at Keishi. I do. In the morning. So yes. you get up very early. I do. Thank You're God an for the holiday. Riser. Well, you go back what? 
Monday, right? No, we're off Monday. I'll be back Tuesday. Ooh, damn. I should have been off Wednesday, but the person who was going to fill in for us got COVID. So I drew the short straw and I let AD take the day off because his mom's in town. I'll oh, do it. what a nice guy. Yeah. So you're on the morning show with AD. Is it just yep. you two? It's the two of us. And then we have a producer, Jenna, uh, who is finishing up college and she's kind of our answers to the phones. You know, so traffic she's, and weather girl. Oh, traffic and weather girl. Got yeah. it. Okay. So she's kind of a, what you were with Tom and Jeff yeah, way back when. Um, a little bit. Intern-ish. I, not really. I, no, she gets paid, which is awesome. Oh, I that's did, nice. I did not. I, I uh, dressed up in stupid costumes and ran around <laughs> the city doing dumb shit for free in the hopes of someday getting a job. <laughs> that's like all I did too. And look, yeah. here I am still kind of doing it. Yep, yep. <laughs> sounds, yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like you started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But besides KC, you also, um, you manage a lot of bands too. I do. I work for a company called Indigoot, which is headquartered down in New York City. We have offices in Nashville and London and LA and here. Um, the office here is clearly my basement where my office is, wow. but, um, we manage a lot of big rock bands, pretty much anything that the point plays. And if you've been to a point fest, can you talk last, about them at all? Sure. Uh, we manage shinedown, hailstorm, highly suspect theory of a dead man. Uh, those are the big ones. So uh, speaking of Hailstorm, when is she? When when's Lizzie Hale coming in for an interview? Uh, it'll probably be a while. <laughs> they're still in Europe right now, yeah. the beginning of December. But the next time, the next time they're in town, I'll I'll see if I can get Lizzie to come. Joe's kind of like in love with Lizzie Hale, well, aren't no, you? Aren't we all? I have Let's my story. I have my story, all and right. it's hard not to be in love with Lizzie Hale. I, that is, I mix. That um, is true. I mix the two up, Lizzie and um um. The, the girl, other one. The one from... Maria. Oh, Maria Brink? You manage her too, right? We used to. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I I always got those two mixed up because you manage both of them and I always got them mixed Lizzie's up. Lizzie's the well, one who can shred on guitar. Maria yeah. is the thick girl. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, she is fine though. And Lizzie's like got this insane range as far as her She does. Go. She's really the new uh, Ann Wilson. Yeah. Oh, but oh, wow! Did you, did you watch the the actual recorded version of the the Tom and Jeff thing? I, I added uh, an interview with Lizzie Hale that we did in, in on Rock at Rock on the Range. I have seen the first forty minutes of it, so I don't think I've got. Okay, it. yeah, you haven't gotten that far. Though. But yeah. I mean, Joe's right. Anyone who spent more than five minutes with Lizzie, like you're going to fall in love with her. I've worked with her for ten years. I knew her a decade before that. And she is the most humble person she is just in hum- just as humble when i met them in 2010 on a tour that featured the veer union a band that i managed and cavo mm. as they are today you know 20 years into it grammy award winning and all of that like they're just the best people on planet earth yeah see that's uh... so what's your story well, I mean, okay, so we did the interview, and uh-huh. after the interview, like, she was, uh, we were shaking hands and everything, and she hugged uh, Tom, she hugged uh, Scotty, uh-huh. and, but she shook my hand and kissed me on the cheek. Oh. So, yeah. I was a special one that day, I guess. Did you, did you go home and go, I'm not washing my cheek for a month? I thought about it. Uh, <laughs> you should have had her, like, kiss a piece of paper and then tattooed it on right. the cheek. No. It's there no forever, Lizzie. <laughs> Yeah, she. Uh, the whole band is incredibly nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all seem really down to earth. They've they been are. doing this forever. It, they've got they've got living on tour down to a science. They really do. And what's funny is when they first started that tour that they were on with Cavo and Veer Union, they were like the Partridge family of rock. Uh, Dad drove the bus. Yep. Mom was the tour manager. It was like a whole wow. Because her brother's the drummer. Uh, you know, it's it, they really. I can't speak highly enough about them, or really, to be honest, everyone that I work with, like the guys in Shinedown would give you the shirt off their back. Oh, yeah. I am very fortunate to work with some really, really good bands that- Don't trash hotel rooms and stuff? No. And these are bands that, <laughs> that, nice. that honest to God, are big enough that they don't need to give people the time of day. Mm-hmm. And you know, every show on this tour, like 10 minutes before doors, Brent went out front and ran the line and took pictures and signed autographs and yeah, shook my, with my best friend Justin has a bunch of pictures with him. And uh, yeah, it was from every show that he's yeah. ever been to Yeah, with them. And wild. And then uh, what was the festival that just got canceled where they did that whole little acoustic show like in the lawn? Yeah, they were at, uh, oh, what is that one called? I forget. It's a shit show every year too. 
Uh, I forget, but it was Blue Blue Ridge yes. Fest or something like that. Yes. Oh, yeah, Every year there's a yeah. there's a problem. And yeah, the, the day that they got or the day that they were supposed to play was canceled for weather, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cause the wind was crazy yeah. or some shit. But- so they um the guys in Papa Roach and I'm gonna forget the country guy who came out with them now and he's huge now. Um all went out to where the campers are. And got on the back of a flatbed truck and performed for like forty minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not try that in a small town guy, is it? No, no. Well, you said he's really big. He's been guy. huge. Yeah. He, yeah. He's huge, but he's also fairly. Was new. it Zach Bryan? No, hold on. I don't know. It's got a name that as soon as I see it, I'm going to remember. Because I don't oh, know yeah. country. I'm very, um, uh, what's the word? Ignorance to the country scene. I'm not really. Uh, into me it. too. We need to have more country artists. Yeah, on I uh, I just haven't really been into it since I was little, and it was okay for me to listen to not okay for me but tolerable for me and my brain to listen to because now it all just sounds kind of poppy and kind of all the same like when i was young in 90s country it was the it was good stuff for me yeah today it sounds like arena rock yeah fried rock oliver anthony was the guy oh Uh, okay yeah the redhead dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know who that is Mm, yeah i mean i i couldn't name you a song of his i think he's like the country uh what's his name uh the tattooed all over the face always jelly roll no gene post malone Malone. he's like the country post malone all right i just know that it was a really big thing that the three of them went out and did that and it's awesome but again that's the type of thing that to be honest pretty much any of the bands that i've I've, i work with would do is they don't want the crowd to leave unsatisfied Mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm, you know, and I look because you know why top. would you? That's how you're keeping. Yeah, you know, that's how you're keeping the dollars in your bank account. And, and I, I think that really honestly starts from the top. Uh, my boss, the owner of the company, Bill McGathy, is one of the most generous men in the world and one of the nicest guys. Now, when he needs to, you know, beat someone between the eyes, oh boy. You don't want to get Bill pissed. He's seventy five and he still makes holy my, shit. He still make, he still makes my butt pucker a little bit when he gets angry. Seventy uh, five. Yeah, damn, that's that, like seventy seven year old Dolly Parton in that Dallas Cowboys uh-huh. cheerleader uniform last uh-huh. night. Yeah, Bill cracked the whip, but Bill's also one of the best and nicest people in the world. And I think that trickles down to all the bands. Now, how long have you been doing this, the band management uh, part? I left the point in 2001, went to Chicago to work for Interscope, spent two years there, transferred to LA, worked another two and a half for Interscope there, and came home in 05 with Universal Records, stayed with them until 2011, I think, when we found out the label was going to merge and they were just going to take all the assets and get rid of all of us, which... Welcome to the music industry. It happens mm. all the time. So I left labels in 2011 and joined a management company, Q Prime, which has like Metall at the time, Metallica, Black Keys, Chili Peppers, Cage the Elephant, heavy hitting band. Right. Spent two years there and made the jump to Indigoot in 2013. So okay. I've been doing the band management for about 12, coming up on 13 years. Damn. Yeah. And what did you just say you did before? The, work, you were just for working for a record label? Labels? Yeah. I what was, did you do there? I, I Basically, to be honest, the same thing I'm doing at the management company, just from a label side, which is the bulk of my job is get songs played on the radio. Okay. But it, it, the time at Universal gave me my favorite and probably greatest job title I'll ever have, which is I was the director of rock for Motown Records, which sounds awesome. It would be even more awesome if it was Motown Records in the 1960s. <laughs> it wasn't. Right. But, you know, we had our biggest band was Blue October. Oh, wow. But we had a couple of other bands that were, you know, had moderate hits, but just to be able to look back and go, dude, I was the director of rock for Motown. That's really fucking cool. It is. I, again, it's a good 60 years after it would have been really cool, but it's still cool to have on a record. How do you just like get into that kind of thing? Did you like... I was really lucky. I um, mean, did you... like? Was that something that you just aspired to do? Was no. work for record, record you, labels? Or did you just like jump into it one so day? So what's funny is when I was in high school, I took a chapter in advanced speech comp on radio. And my teacher said, oh my God, you're so good. You should pursue a career in radio. And I went, fuck that. I don't mm. want to do that. 
Fast forward three years, I'm in college, and my fraternity brother ran the college station and freaked out because one of his guys got sick, and he found me. He's like, you, you have a halfway decent voice. Go, get on the air. <laughs> okay. And I caught the bug. Uh, transferred home. Uh, I told at the time Tracy Wilde that if she gave me the request of the day, I would bring her a full sheet cake to Point Fest. She did, so I did. And she got me my summer internship at the point in promotions, which was basically uh, file shit away for six hours a day and do three events a week. Oh, God. And I was like, all right, I'll do all of that and more. At the end of that summer, uh, I was like, you know, I, I'm either, I got to find something to keep me here or I'm going back to college two and a half hours away. And that's when I find, found out that Jeff, Trish, and Tom needed an intern. And I went up to them at a Pearl Jam show, like I said last week, and I said, I heard you guys need an intern. And all three of them said, do you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yes, I want to be on the air. And that was the start. So I, I stayed at the point. I ended up getting moved up from intern to a part-time on-air guy. But I we got sold in the middle of that from Sinclair to Emmis. Mm-hmm. And that's when Tommy the boss took over. And I love Tommy. But I also noticed that Tommy, as jobs came open, instead of just hiring from within, was going out and finding the best person available in the country, as you should. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to move to Poughkeepsie to take my first real radio job and work my way back. At that time, Tracy Wilde's husband was the local record guy for Interscope Records. And he needed an assistant that would work in Chicago. And I was like, please hire me. And Because I loved what he did. I was like, wait, you don't have to get up ass early unless you're getting on a plane. You get to cover shows, be best friends with rock stars. And you have a T&E account? Mm. So you mean when you go out and get these awesome steaks, you don't have to pay for it? <laughs> Where do I sign up for that? And so that's what I did. And I came home. My, my goal was to you know, be a rep. I was very lucky that a job in the Midwest opened up. Uh, and that, just to be honest, if, when you do what I do, your main goal is to get, on one, get to one of the coasts. Either get back to L.A. where I was living or out to New York. And so I begged and begged um, to be the Midwest rep. Universal Records was hiring someone, and they wanted me out of Minneapolis because there's a, a branch there because there's a like Best Buy's based out of there, and Target's there, and a lot of the the places that buy music for stores are there. So there's a, a big distribution hub there. Okay. And I had said, if you let me move to St. Louis, I'll say f off to these other four labels that were recruiting me. And she did, and I moved home the next week. And I loved it. It was great. I uh, knock on wood, largely beca- because Tommy and I have become so close. Tommy was my boss at one time, and now I work him on records. I've never had to leave the Midwest. Um, there was there was one point where when I left Universal, my the guy who was hiring me he was like, "Well, we want you to move to Texas, and we want you to take." It was like a significant pay cut, like a forty five thousand dollar pay cut. Mm-mm. And I just told him, I said, "Hey, man." Uh, I own a house that I owe more than it's worth right now. So I can either move to Dallas for what I'm making now and you can buy my house and sell it. Or I could take that pay cut and stay in St. Louis. Well, I'm here right now. <laughs> right. So you know how that turned out. Um, and then, you know, when, when Bill hired me, uh, he said, you stay in St. Louis. Because rock records largely break from the Midwest out to the coasts. Alternative record, like a true alternative record from the coast in, because that's where all the cool kids are. <laughs> but rock records usually break out of, you know, the, the Oklahomas and Missouris and Chicago is a big one, Minneapolis is a big one, and then they'll spread out to the coast, Dallas. Um, so being that that is what I know best, my counterpart works in Nashville, I'm in St. Louis. We have a guy in L.A. just so he can cover that half of the country. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what we do breaks out of the Midwest, so it's worked out really well. I have always been so um, kind of intrigued on what you do because yeah. I don't know. I mean, me doing what I'm doing, like, I don't know shit about the music industry. Like, right. there are so many moving parts to it that nobody knows about. Like, we hear the song on the sure. radio. We hear the people talking on the radio. Like, people don't know you know, there's buttons to be pushing and there's, you know, there's cued songs that have to go here and here. And there's, you know, commercials that have to go here at this time. And, but like as a band manager, Mm -hmm. like what, 
I don't know how to ask this question. Like, what do... What is it that I do for the band? Yes. Like, do you sure. have to go on tours with them? Do you have uh, to be sometimes. on... Do you sometimes. have to be on every show with them? Like, no. what do you do to promote their new album? So like, is that bands, is that a big part of your job? Oh, I have hands in all of that. Right. Um, most bands... Uh, have a tour manager who will be on the road with them, who's basically their babysitter. They are in charge of advancing the shows. Okay, so you are not a tour manager. No. You manage the tour manager. I manage the band, and the band will hire a tour manager. Gotcha, okay. Uh, You know, the tour manager does everything from doing the day sheet that says, okay, today we are in this city. Here's what we have listed. I've seen one of those. Load in, 8 a.m., lunch, noon, sound check, all, all this. Right. That's what a tour manager does. And that is, you know, you are on the road with the band. But you were like their babysitter, right? As a tour manager, you oh, have yeah. to make sure they're all yeah, corralled yeah. at one you're, time and you're the point on the bus at this time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Got it. It's hurting kittens. <laughs> um, a lot of what I do. So I personally am the manager for a band called Hounds. They're a somewhat, there's one of the smaller bands on our management roster. They're based out of St. Louis. Speaking of, we'd like to have them on the show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can make that happen easily. Sweet. Um, they should, knock on wood, have some new music coming soon. But I have my hand in everything from dealing with the record labels to make sure that we're setting release schedules, both for singles and albums, getting tour support, which is the label kicking in money to keep the band on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will work with the booking agents to make sure that we're chasing tour. Like, hey, these guys want to tour with this band. Can we see if there's a chance to get on that tour? Ooh, that's another good question I have for you. Yeah, or I, all that stuff. So it is, I have my hand in everything. The bulk of what we do is we are the, lia- the liaison between the band and the record label. Because the record label owns the contract for the band. The band can't quit the label. Okay, but the the band hires management. Okay. If they don't like what we're doing, they can fire us. Okay. So it is... What do you mean by what, what you're doing? If they don't like how we're managing them, if they think that we're doing something that's not working for them, they can tell us to piss off and go hire a new manager. Okay. So it is... It, I always say it like this. If you're a band... And you're signed to Joe Pro's record label. Yes. But I manage you. I am. I have a scat. If a scat label. If Thank you. Joe <laughs> if Joe tells you, Kara, I need you to be in Sheboygan, Wisconsin Wednesday, mm-hmm. you have to be there. Okay. Now odds are he and I have talked beforehand about this. Because if I tell you, hey man, I need you to be in Sheboygan on Wednesday, you can come back to me and go, I don't want to do that. Why am I going? Now you have to trust that I have your best interest in heart on why you're going. Okay. But you can tell me no. You can't really tell him no. Or if you do tell him no, he's going to come to me and go, what the fuck? You fuck's can't up? tell me no, Kara. Joe's out there going, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Like, if you tell Joe no, he's going to come to me and go, hey, get your fucking artist in line. That's What's his wrong? new name. Joe no, not Joe Pro anymore. <laughs> Joe no. Um. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. Because that's always it's been no something that I've wondered about. Manager. Like, you know, a, a lot of actors and actresses have managers or artists or whatever. It's the same thing. Okay. Here's another one I had in the arsenal for you that I'm glad that you said something about. So a band is going on tour. Let's say um, uh, Shinedown's going on tour. Mm-hmm. Now, do they get to pick yes. who tours with them? Yes. Or is it just something that managers like get together and collaborate on? Whoever is the headliner of the tour has final say. Okay. Um, so if like the headliner of the tour likes such and such band that they saw wherever at some little bar, they can just pick them to go on tour with 100%. Them. And wow. I'll give you a great example of it where at the time everyone thought he was nuts and it turned out to be the biggest thing in the world. Two years ago, Brent Smith came to us and he says, hey, I'm taking this guy out on the road with us. His name's Jelly Roll. Oh, wow. And everyone went, who? Why? Why? What? Turned out Brent Smith was right. Wow. Because we locked in that tour before Jelly Roll blew up. By the end of that tour, I would say that they were on equal ground. If not, to be honest, Jelly Roll a little hotter than Shinedown. Wow. Um, just because he was getting played on multiple formats, country, alternative, rock. So would you it. say it's like Shinedown that got Jelly Roll big? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, Jelly Roll got Jelly Roll big. Uh, yeah. But 
Shine down showcase them. Yeah. Right. Be, being able to have him on the road was a huge get at the time for Jelly Roll, but it also benefited Shinedown because it was that much easier to sell out those dates because you had two bands and right. people were like, oh, dude, I'm going to this. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the headliner picks who they want. Now, there's obviously times where managers or labels will be like, dude, I need you to do a solid. Can can you please take a band this band out? And a lot of times, as long as it's not a, a total train wreck of a pairing, mm-hmm. it'll happen. But- at the end of the day, if the headliner doesn't want it, it ain't going to happen. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just speaking from my point of view as someone, and I'm sure maybe a lot of our listeners don't really know much about the industry either. Sure. But, like, for me, I don't know shit, but I've always been very curious about it. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, what about, like, on tours? So, you have this massive, you know, like, U.S., European tour. Yep. Um Do bands, I guess it's depending on the band, of course, but do they make significant profits from tours? I know you have to have like your crew and your whatever. I don't even know what goes on behind the scenes. That is, that's not an easy yes or no. Should they make money on a tour? A hundred percent. It's one of the few things left where artists will make money. Mm -hmm. That being said, the more money you're spending on a tour cuts into your profits. You look at a band like Shinedown. Now, and, what do you mean spending on a tour? I'll just use Shinedown because they're the biggest band we right. have. Um, they have a ton of pyro. A ton. Mm. That's not cheap. Mm-hmm. They have a huge crew. And that's for every show. That's for every show. Right. Um, unless for some reason now, they're playing Now, what would somewhere. you say ballpark? A pyro? I, like Not just theirs, theirs, but like just throw out a number. Like how much do you think pyro would cost for an entire tour? For an entire tour? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, it's easy. Like millions? Easy six figures, maybe seven. Holy it, shit. Again, though, it depends on what you're using. Like, Shinedown has fireworks and flames and uh, all the bells and whistles. You look at a band like Guns N' Roses who tours, and they've got the same thing, but they've got it on damn near every song. What about other okay. bands that are, you know, just here and there? Put it in for spice. It, it what really about, depends. like, um, um, I know I'm going off track here, but I'm no. so curious about sure. all this shit. So, like, you know, Metallica just came to town. Oh, yeah. And they had that, the weird stages. Yep. You know, set up with the big, like, round. Man, they am- did that camp- back in the 90s. My first time. Well, concert, I had never that seen that. Shit. I've never seen anything like right. that before. But, but like, they, they do act they like pay it was something for, new. Do they pay for that stage to get set up? Like, is that something oh, yeah. that they designed that, and they paid for? They, they So then what the happens with all of that shit when the tour is over? Goes into storage. And then what? Or it gets destroyed or reused. What? Repurposed. It, it goes yeah. into storage or it gets sold to another band to use or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So do you think they just brought all that shit back from the 90s? I mean, possibly. I'm sure maybe. Some of it. That's Here's wild. the thing, though. Tours that big have two rigs. So while we're in St. Louis watching the show that's been set up. Two rigs. Semi-trucks? Well, what do you mean rigs? Full-on like stages and everything. Okay. There's a whole nother crew who's in wherever the next city there is, setting that up. Oh. Because something that big doesn't get set up overnight. That is probably a multiple day. So it's so kind of like leapfrogs. Yep. Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. Like I, I know for a fact Metallica and Guns N' Roses both have two complete rigs and they'll leapfrog. So like So they, they have double? Yes. <laughs> yep. But that's because that production is so entailed that you can't just take it up play St. Louis, take it down, go to the next city and put it up that morning. And who pays for that? The band or the label? Band. That's insane. The band well, pays for a lot. Yeah. I, it, it's all worked into the deal. At the end of the day, it's coming out of the band's profits. You know, they okay. may they may get, hey, you're getting, and I'm just going to throw a number out there that's arbitrary, $2 million a show. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of money. And it is a lot of money. But every expense comes out of that $2 million. All your crew... Your per diems, catering, lighting, stagehands, all of it comes out of that. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's so much. Yeah. It, the touring life is bonkers. One of the things that we did this year on the Shinedown run is we sold a VIP package. And the VIP package was a tour of backstage, which doesn't sound that exciting at first but once you get to go on a tour or a, a, a tour of backstage for a giant 
tour like this and you see how many people it takes to build this and, and put it together and make the show go off, you get a whole new respect for it. I have a friend of mine who was hired by uh, Live Nation to do social media for the Kiss Run. Mm-hmm. Part of her payment was they gave her and her family each the $4,000 super deluxe VIP tickets, which is you get a sound check with the band. And then you, you, you talking about Kelly Mono? I am. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then you get to do the full on backstage tour, just go on stage. Like she get, she got to put the blood that Gene spits out of his mouth. She got to sample the blood. Yeah. Oh, like it, lovely. Not after it was in his <laughs> mouth. Right. I mean, she might've said yes anyway, but, right. but again, like those type of experiences are becoming more and more of a thing because people are starting to understand how detailed and, and how much goes into it that it's like, for someone my age, pulling the curtain back on The Wizard of Oz and seeing that it's just, a, you know, that there's a guy it's cranking and things right. like that. Like, you get to see behind the velvet rope. And you get to see the nuts and bolts of what it yeah. takes to put off a two-hour show that is fantastic. And you realize that it's more than just four guys on stage and one guy hitting buttons at a soundboard. Right. Like, Shinedown has a guy who his job is the pyro guy. Yeah. It's his job to make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. Because one wrong step, and as we saw in the 90s with James Hetfield and Metallica, you get stuck in a plume of flame and you're done for six months. It's it's such a precision thing that there's a guy who like this is your job. Your only job is you set up the pyro, you make sure it works correctly, and at the end of the night you discard the stuff that that can't be reused and you load it up for the next show. And, and they then, have safety teams and a lot of And oh, they're yeah. all on their own buses? No. Yeah. That's the, well, the crew may be. The guys What do you mean the crew? Like the who, roadies. The tour manager, their roadies and things like that, but like for shine Okay, what is a roadie? Just their people crew who that travels up. with them. Yeah. Just like their friends or what? No, their pyro guy, the tour manager. Okay, that's what I their meant. Their stagehands, their sound guy. Okay. Like, but they have Shine like Down, their own bus and they go. Yes. Shinedown employs, like, I think, 60 people on their tour. What? Yeah. And then all of their pay comes out of the band's pay. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but that's, you know, that's what it takes to put on a show of that size. That's insane. You know, when you're a little local band, you, you know, you may go, go to your friends and go, Hey, I'll, I'll buy you a beer at the end of the night. If, if you'll, you know, lug my lamps, my amps on and off the stage. Oh, okay. That sounds fun. Mm. And that, you know, that's a job, but there's a big difference between lugging amps on at old rock house and putting on a dome at, or put on a show at the dome or enterprise center or Riverport or whatever. Wow. You know, it, the, the phrase it takes a village really applies to the rock shows. Yeah. Wow. So I got a quick question. I don't want to like change the direction or anything. Sure. However, I'm really curious. Do you still get people, I mean, do people still give you demo tapes? All the time. Really? All the like time. people still like actually hand you a CD or do they hand you a flash drive? What do they hand um, you these days? I will get CDs. A lot of times I'll get a, uh, like a business card that has a link to a sound right. or something like that. Uh, I'll get a, hey, can I text you something? Sure. Like the front of my phone is now a digital business card. Oh, oh my okay. God. You scan the yeah. QR, it gives you all my information. So you're like, go. yeah, just here, scan this, send me whatever. I'll listen to it because you never know. Right. You, right. You never know when the next big thing's going to come. Right. And yep. where it's going to come from. You know, if I was. I mean, I guess by now you 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 have a. I mean, obviously you know good music when you hear it, but how do you know when it's the one? You don't. Right. I have had bands and songs that I would swear to God were going to be the next one, mm-hmm. and fell flat. And then I've had bands and songs that I was like, eh, "That's okay," blew up. Hmm. I can tell you this, but that's like music these days, though. It's, you know? yeah, it's, it's hit and miss. Yeah. I will tell you this: I learned in my Universal Records days because we had uh, the contract for Cash Money, so we worked everything Cash Money put out. The first time I heard Lollipop from Lil Wayne, oh my God. I went, this is fucking garbage. <laughs> first time I heard In the Club by 50 Cent, this is okay. I do not have hip-hop ears. Uh-uh, me at either. All. 
Like, Me not, <laughs> not even a little bit. Like, it's a good thing that I'm on the rock side. Of that one over there, my wife does, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm, a, I'm I, a rock side too. Every time that we had to work a, a Cash Money song and I thought it was good, it tanked. Every time. So with that said, how much of a band or a song's success is due to the actual band or song itself versus the, how hard the label pushes it? Mm. Um, I mean, there there's a correlation. I, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, yeah, you can throw money at it and it'll succeed. There was a day when you could. There was absolutely a day where if you had deep enough pockets, you could, you could manufacture success. Nowadays, you can't. Um, I've had songs that have stuck around forever and not gone anywhere, and then all of a sudden, they explode. And I've had songs that race up the chart and then three weeks later, dead. It, it's really subjective and weird. I'll go back to one of the first bands that I ever worked was a band called Hinder. Oh, yeah. I've heard some stories about oh, these guys. Buddy, I could do a whole show. <laughs> right. they're, they're my five. Well, we're here for a minute. <laughs> they're my five little brothers, and I love them all. But what was the hairdo that they used to... Um... Oh, man. When I first started, Tom and Jeff Hinder followed me on Twitter, and I thought it was the coolest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, one of Jeff Burton's favorite stories, he made me tell it to everyone I met, involved Hinder. Really? Yeah. And it was around this time of year. It was a Thanksgiving show in Springfield. Did it have to do with fecal matter? No, it didn't. But do you know that story, then? Which one, right. sir? Okay. You can't, you can't <laughs> right. start this right. and then not stop. I'm going to let him there take was, this. There was a lot of, a lot of poo. There's a lot of poo games. What? They're sick individuals. <laughs> but they're, they're great, but I, they are the closest that I will ever get to the decadence of like the 80s sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like oh, they, no shit? They lived it. There they were, were like so, the Motley crew of 100%. Our day. There were so many times when I would show, Hinder of all bands. Oh, girl. Girl. That is so funny. Girl. <laughs> That's like the one band I wouldn't coming from the lips of an angel. You have which I, I have to <laughs> no tell idea. you, I do not respect that song. Whatsoever, oh no, no, I, same. But damn, look, I have a three million sold plaque on my wall from that song. That it, it, that's wow. so crazy. Two songs at rock radio: "Get Stoned" and "Lips of an Angel." Both mm. both peaked at number two. I forgot about number that two. Song. Not even number one. They cross Lips of an Angel to number one. And by the way, two, number two songs at rock, 250,000 records sold. I just don't. It goes number one at top 40, three million records. I just don't understand how a song that's about a guy who's cheating? talking. Yeah, he's talking I to the woman that he's cheating with and talking why. about Lips of an Angel while his other, like his actual girlfriend's in the other room. Oh, it's yeah, not it's not just men, that, sure. Not even that deep. People don't pay attention. If I had a nickel for every person guy and girl who came up to that band during a meet and greet and was like oh my god your song is totally me and my boyfriend's song my god and i'm like bitch you know he's singing about <laughs> <laughs> they don't oh my god it's so funny because you know i'm from lincoln county and if yeah. you would ever go to any bars out there I'm telling you, like after 11 p.m. Oh, pff. that's the song. Hinder, yep. Buck Cherry, yep. Nickelback on the, the jukebox thing, all night long. Here's the thing long. that blows my mind: Buck Cherry and Hinder hit at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes, Buck Cherry is still touring off of that one fucking song. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure they are. It's I'm sure they fucking I have are. Not, I have not heard anything new from uh, them in a long time <laughs> because they don't need it. They'll go play a thousand a thousand cap club and go. Oh, you're gonna hear crazy bitch. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you'll hear it twice. I don't know. <laughs> but no, the guys in Hinder are were the first band that like I got to witness things just explode because it was overnight. They were they were doing well at rock. They were they were headlining clubs. They were on their own run. They had their own bus. But man, that song hit the pop chart and went to number one. And it was night and day. I mean, we're talking about headlining arenas. That's insane. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Off of lips of an angel. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and look, like that was, a lot of it is pure dumb luck. The right song at the right time, and it, it's you're off to the races. That's so, I mean... <laughs> 
You need. I mean, you clearly need. I'm label still like baffled by the fact that they were like the band. You didn't of know bands. that. No, the band of all bands that like was crazy '80s rock and roll, crazy behind the scenes shit. Like Ozzy Osbourne snorting up his ants and stuff. Like I, it's crazy. That's insane. I'm trying to think of a good story that I can tell. Please do. Because I, I mean. Make it juicy. Yeah. All right. I'll tell the Jeff story, but I'm going to leave the individual name out. No, we don't need any names. Yeah. For sure. So they played a show in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, I think it was the Black Friday after Thanksgiving, like 2007-ish. And... um. They had gotten to a point where they had an ID reader to make sure that no one under 21 got on the bus. Okay. So there wasn't a lot to pick from that night. There was myself, a buddy of mine who drove down, who was a, who was a friend of mine in the bands. The band, two somewhat attractive girls and two other girls. Wait, pause. <laughs> Wait, pause. They had a, a bouncer for the bus. Well, their tour manager. Pretty much. Their tour manager was scanning IDs, making sure they were over 21. How many people go on the bus to this band? At the time? At the time. A lot. Like how many? Like 10, 15, 20? How many is a party? Yeah. How many can you fit on the bus? Right. I don't know. Never been on a tour bus. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have. But I mean, I guess you could fit a lot of people in there. Yep. Yep. So it was a relatively early night. And so the band's like, all right, we're going to head home. Ladies get off the bus. My friend friend gets off the bus. I say goodbye to the the band. Um, Oh. Sorry, back up like five minutes. Like five minutes before that, I see a member of the band take one of the two somewhat attractive girls back out of the front lounge, but they're gone for like three minutes. So I'm thinking, oh, she must have had to use the bathroom. So we get off the bus. I say my goodbyes. And my buddy is standing out there with the two attractive girls who still wanted to party. Okay. And we're like, well, the bars are closed, but we thought ahead of time and our hotel is a block down the street. We, we bought beer. She's like, let's go. So we go back to the hotel room. My buddy, being the good wingman, takes the, the the friend of the hot girl, and I end up on my bed with said hot girl. <laughs> and we're making out, and things are fine, and I get her shirt off. And I'm going in, I'm going in, like, face first to the chest. And I get to, like, if these are her tits, I'm, like, right here. And she says, I'm a tranny. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> she <laughs> puts both hands on her face, like, double face palms herself and goes... I can't believe I let him come on my tits. <gasps> oh, and I went, oh my God. what? And backed up. And I was like, you have got to go. And immediately grabbed my phone and texted my buddy. And I was like, hey, man, we got to work on our communication. Oh, so she was sloppy seconds. Oh, no, she was almost sloppy seconds. She was sloppy. Get the hell out. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, and you never know where she was before. <laughs> right, right. Oh, so you almost had a little salty snack to lick. Yeah. I yeah. Oh. Oh my god! And then I hit my friend, but I was like, "Really, dude? Three minutes? That's all it took? Three minutes?" Three pump chump, cutie. <laughs> oh, <my God>. oh. <laughs> lips of an angel, I guess. Uh, oh, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! So that was that was the story that Jeff like couldn't couldn't hear it enough. Uh, like, tell the story one. again. Tell the story. The, again. Only, the only thing that would have been better is if she would have turned out to be a tranny. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh, those tits hey pretty, man, those tits were pretty good. I might not have said no. Yeah, there you go. Well, these days, <laughs> I can, never know. Never. they're hot. Yeah. You never know. I I never know. I, ha- I won't lie. I have hit on a couple girls at bars. Wait, I, does that mean to say is that offensive? Is tranny an offensive thing to say? I, I think it's how you take it, how it's delivered. I'm sorry if I've said. offended anyone. I didn't mean to. No, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's offensive or I not. I'm ignorant to that yeah. subject. I should. I should preface that with pardon my ignorance. Pardon, (laughs) pardon. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. But no, I'm I'm really happy that you came on because now you've answered a lot of my questions about, you know the, the back rooms of it all and oh yeah. I I never know what goes into making a show. You know, I just I buy the tickets and I go. I'll tell you some all fair stories about the band that'll make your head. Yeah, please. One that happened in the pops parking lot. With the same band. Yes. Yeah. Oh God! I mean, in the pops parking lot, anything could have fucking happened with anybody. Wow! A lot of shits happened with me in the pops parking lot. All right, not really. <laughs> I'm just making shit up. Fair. I've thrown up a lot of times. Same. The Phillies Same. from the Philly wagon, but oh, that's God. about it. <laughs> that's about it. I mean, walk out and you're like, 
7 a.m. Sun's out. Don't these people go to church? Oh, shit. You know? Jesus. God. Well, I'm really fucking happy you came on. I am too. This is fun. Thank you so much. Anytime Going you want. strong. Second week. Oh, you know what? I do want to bring up... Um, if you're wondering where Pookie is this week, I forgot to say yeah. in the beginning of the show because um, we just kind of went right into it. Right. Um, Pookie did have, I don't even know how to go into this. It's a little wild. So Pookie had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. He had a quadruple bypass and he wanted to be on the show tonight. He was going to actually uh, link in discharged from today, home. Though, he got discharged hospital. today and he, lo- you know, he wanted to be on the show so much he was going to, but he was just too tired to come yeah. on today, but he is doing good. He is home, he is recovering, and we couldn't be happier. Yeah, for That's sure. So important. hopefully he's back next week. We'll see. It's kind of... It's whenever he wants yeah, to Yeah, whenever back. he's yep. ready to come back, he will be here. But um, if you're wondering where Pookie's been, he has, you know, probably which would have much rather been here. But, you know, Ugh, poor dude. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, hit us up on our socials. Our Facebook is Audio Inc. YouTube, Audio Inc. STL. Instagram, Audio Inc. STL. Um, we're still looking for sponsors, as always. If you're looking to sponsor the um, best up and coming podcast in St. Louis, hit us up. It's Audio Inc. STL at gmail.com. Um, we will get back to you with all of the information about the sponsorship info. Um, until next week, thank you so much, Chris, for coming by. Thank you. Whenever you want. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Maybe next week. All right. I'll be Let's here. Let's make it three. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> from uh, Joe Pro, from Pookie, who is not here, and from myself, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. This is Audio Inc. Perfect.